Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Third Thursday Podcast with your hosts, Harry Ozarek and Ben McEntee, where we hope to connect, encourage, and equip student ministry leaders of today. This is a resource provided by the Rocky Mountain District of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, and you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Please hit the like, subscribe, and share buttons to help others be connected, encouraged, and equipped to reach students with the gospel. Here are your hosts, Harry and Ben. Well, welcome to our resource call on our third Thursday. The, the topic for uh, tonight is gearing up for graduation and summer plans. And so um, we're going to take a, a moment here with Ben leading us in a uh, devotional. And then after that, um, ben, myself, and Ryan are going to share just a few different resources and thoughts we have on that topic of graduation and summer plans. And then we want to take some time after that sharing um, to have a good discussion and for you guys to share with us what you've been doing uh, for graduations and what that looks like for you and uh, and also summer plans and uh, have some good interaction. So with all of that said, Ben, <coughs> if you want to uh, pray for us and then uh, bring us into the word, that would be great. Absolutely. Uh, you join me, we'll, we'll pray. Dear Lord, thank you that um, that we can come before you and just uh, give you honor and praise and prayer, but also just ask that you just be with us. God, uh, for everyone that is on this call, everyone that will see this this video, Lord, that, that uh, is serving young people, God, that they will know that um, you are with them. God, um, I pray as we enter into our, the uh, summer season, that there will be opportunities to engage young people in a way that uh, impacts their lives. And Lord, we just ask that you'll you'll do a mighty work uh, in and through us, not so that we can have the glory, but so that your name will be known. So God, I thank you for all these workers, uh, all these servants of you. Bless them and encourage them in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, I get to do a Devo today, uh, this evening, and... Um, this is something that I've really just been uh, a part of scripture that I've been wrestling with and and really uh, intrigued by, and it's uh, in First Kings, First uh, Kings nineteen. I'll get I'll go to First Kings eighteen for some context first. So probably a familiar story, but uh, in First Kings eighteen, the prophet Elijah he's confronted Ahab, the king of Israel, uh, who's rejected the Lord and is worshiping false gods, leading the nation into that. Uh, activity. Uh, Elijah then has his epic showdown with 400 prophets of Baal. Uh, those prophets are defeated when God shows up in an extraordinary display of his power, which causes the people to once again see that Yahweh is the one and only true God. The 400 prophets of Baal, they get uh, they get killed by uh, Elijah, and then God sends rain finally on a parched land that's been in a long and brutal drought. Chapter 18 ends with uh, uh, with this, like God wins and Elijah is a champion. But then we get to chapter 19 and Elijah flees Israel because Jezebel, King Ahab's wife, vows to kill him for his killing of the prophets of Baal. And Elijah runs away outside of the borders of Israel. He's in the wilderness. He's sitting under a tree and he asks God to allow him to die. And in verse 4, he says this, it's enough now, O Lord, take away my life. That's what, that's what Elijah says. So what we can know about Elijah at this moment is that he's tired, he's discouraged, 
he's depressed. He's he's just he's he's done. He's done. And then in verse five, we get this awesome, awesome scene where an angel shows up. And in, in and God's word says that, that the angel touches him, touches Elijah. And that's I think is really, really important. Those words that Elijah was touched, he was physically acknowledged by God. The angel gives him food and water, and then says at verse eight, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And I don't know about you, but uh, uh, have you ever felt that way in ministry? That the work is too great for you? Because I have. I've been tired. I've been discouraged. I've been depressed or down. But as follower, as followers of the Lord, we've never been abandoned. Um, and and when I look at the scripture, it, it reminds me of something that I think we all need to hear. And, and it's very important. And I ask that you don't shut this video off or leave this Zoom meeting when I say it. But, but here it is. It's just that the work of ministry is too great for us. It's too great for you and I. You and I and anyone who is ministering to Christ Church, we are not qualified for this position. But I ask that you hang with me. Okay, we're not qualified because the job is too great for us. But get this, Jesus is qualified and he is with us. Christ qualifies you and I by his work on the cross and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and because of those things, we're strengthened to shepherd God's people by the power of the great shepherd. So back to this story. Elijah, he's fed and rested. He regains his strength. He finally ends up at Mount Sinai. And while there, uh, God asks Elijah this question at verse 9. What are you doing here, Elijah? What are you doing here? And I love that question. I think as ministers, we, we, we should be thinking about it all the time. Have you ever heard that question in your soul, I'd ask? Has God ever planted that question in your conscience when you're sitting in a place of despair or loss or doubt? This is a question we should repeatedly ask uh, ourselves in our hearts. What am I doing here? Perhaps we're asked that question because we need to ask God these things. God, what do you have for me right here, right here, right now? Or maybe we're crying out to God uh, uh, about our motives and conduct because they're not lining up with his will and we need to make some kind of a change. Maybe that's you today. But that's the question, what are you doing here, is the question in the end that will bring light to our motives and our conduct in any circumstance, whether good or bad. And in Elijah's case, he was not where he was supposed to be. In 1 Kings 19, he's not supposed to be in the wilderness. He's fled for his life into the wilderness. And then in the wilderness, he asks to die. So Elijah, this prophet of prophets, this awesome, incredible man, has shown his human frailty and his own, and his own weakness. And God asks, what are you doing here? And I love this question because it, it, it gives us a beautiful picture of two qualities of God. One is his correction to us when we don't rely on him, but also his forbearance and his patience when we don't rely on him. 
And we see this picture of his power and in his mercy in those words to Elijah, what are you doing here? And then in uh, 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 verses 11 through 13, God shows his power and mercy. Literally, I'll, I'll read it for you. Uh, uh, verse Starting at verse 11. And God said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in a cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So in this display, in this, in this theophany, we see the power and the might and this really the sublime terror that is the presence of Yahweh. And these descriptions of his power and might, I think they should be, bring awe to our souls. But, this, but it leads up to this crescendo, right? And the crescendo is what? It's a, it's a whisper. God's power and might gives us awe. But it is in his love that hearts are softened and souls are one. God shows uh, Elijah compassion when he speaks in a whisper. I heard this said, God loves to make a way for himself by his power, but he conveys himself to us in the tenderness of his love and then god asks again elijah what are you doing here and elijah bears his own heart to god he says i i've done all you've asked and i'm the only one around and god responds uh and and i'm just going to give you the first two words that god says to elijah he says this go return go and return this is God's answer to his own question of what are you doing here? God is telling Elijah and us that no matter where we are in whatever season we're in, that there's work to do and we're not left alone, that God is with us. He's caring for you and he's caring for his church. And I think about this, who has not felt like Elijah? Who has not been tempted to think that their service to God has been a failure? And how many, certainly uh, there are some who are going to see this video, who have felt the tug of deserting their posts. But listen to these words, go and return. That's God's gentle voice urging us not to forget that he is with us at all times. And I just pray that uh, we remember that today and in this season coming forward can i pray for us let's pray dear lord thank you that you're good and you're faithful to us god thank you that you um you ask us really good questions and uh you also empower us and strengthen us for this for this uh, uh mission that you graciously allowed us to be a part of god i just pray um that we will, we will uh, serve you well 
God, even in our own weakness and our own frailty, which is real. But thank you, Lord, that, that you empower us by your spirit to give us the strength we need to do the work that you called us to do. May we do that uh, in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate that. Appreciate that a lot. Um, yeah, that's partly why we do this is we want to we want to enter these resourcing uh, discussions with the right frame of mind. And thank you, Ben, for that word of truth and encouragement that uh, Jesus is more than qualified and He is with us through everything. Amen. Amen. Many, many men cannot say amen enough to that. Um, so just like our topic title says. We're going to be talking about graduations and summer plans. And so I'm going to take the first part and talk about specifically senior graduations, right? So when graduations come up, uh, a, a topic line that comes to mind alongside that is rite of passage, right? Throughout all of our lives, there have been different seasons and different rites of passage where we're transitioning into that next season of life. And uh, typically, as we grow older and continue to transition into those other seasons of life, they call you to a higher maturity, they call you to more responsibility, and so on and so forth. And so when we look at the senior graduation, that's no different. That's another awesome opportunity to celebrate a rite of passage, um, to celebrate what has been done and what has been accomplished, right? But also be looking forward to what's coming next, right? And so if you're taking notes, I encourage you to do that. A few different questions as we talked about this in, in preparation, a few different questions that we found super helpful. Um, why do we have these rites of passage and why do we celebrate them? Um, how can we orient the students or the family in these transition uh, times of life? How can we help them focus on the important aspects of it? I think a lot of students just see it as, hey, I'm done with homework, you know? Um, until college kicks in, obviously. Or for some students, it's the opposite, and they're terrified about going into that next season and leaving home and, and leaving what they know and, and heading into college. For some of our students, it's going into the workforce. And again, some are very excited about that, and some aren't. Um, and so how do we help them have a good frame of mind and focus on the, the really awesome, important things that God wants them to focus on? Another great question that you can ask yourself and your leaders is um, how do we help set up the students well for this transition, right? We aren't uh, responsible for them, but we are responsible to them in many different ways. And so how can we aid in this transition being an awesome, healthy one? And so when we look at celebrating these seniors, uh, I really look at two specific groups of students that I've seen uh, through a, many years of working with them is um, I have a little bit of crossover, but I really have a lot of students on Sunday that are involved in different things. And then I have a lot of students on Wednesday that are involved. Um, and there's a little bit of crossover, but I've also seen there are specific students that only come on Wednesdays and there's specific students that only come on Sundays. I don't know if you ever noticed that. That can be for, again, a variety of reasons. I know some students, they just come because their parents come on Sunday. They don't really want to be there. So they come, they participate a little bit, and uh, we never want to ignore anyone or forget anyone. I don't know if anyone has forgotten a graduating senior before, 
but don't do it. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> your life will become exceedingly difficult. Um, yeah, that's one little tip there for you. Do your best to include every Sunday youth in a, in, if you do a Sunday, uh, celebration, even if they're not involved that much, it's an opportunity as, as I always see it to speak truth and to show love into their life. Um, when they might not have experienced that before. And so when I look at Sunday, um, obviously that's a lot of coordination with the lead pastor, coordination with the worship leader that you have going. Um, and so what we do um, is we set aside a Sunday, typically about two weeks before graduation. Um, and we call it our Senior Grad Celebration Sunday. Um, we incorporate different aspects to it. Often I'll have a study Bible. Um, with their name engraved in it and a note, handwritten note from me um, of encouragement specifically to each of the students and unique. It's not a carbon copy thing. Um, and then I usually have one or two other books, sometimes three other books to go alongside it. Um, there have been times where I've given more of a digital resource to different students, different graduating classes that I know hate to read and would rather like see a video and things like that. And that's never a bad idea. That's a great idea. If you have students that don't like to read and you give them a book, I'm just saying, it's probably just going to collect dust on you. All right. So know your students. Um, whether it's a devotional, Ken Castor has put out multiple great youth uh, focused, young adult focused devotionals um, that are really, really good. Um, and so I couple that with um, what you would call maybe the stereotypical uh senior grad slideshow uh, where I collect pictures from the students. I have um, not just the pictures, but also at the end, what their grad party info is, what their, um, what their future plan in, uh, info is. And then we also have that all in the bulletin so people can, you know, go to the grad parties and stuff like that. And then the last piece on Sunday that we have there alongside the message being focused on that, alongside bringing them up, and having them share a little bit and introduce themselves to the congregation. Um, we also have a gift card box in the back. And so we have all the students, both Sunday and Wednesday, that are graduating in the bulletin. And we share that info so that people can give uh, graduation cards that maybe wouldn't get to their grad party instead. And so that's kind of what we do on Sundays to try to help incorporate the congregation into this rite of passage for these students to celebrate them and uh, to encourage them. And so that's Sunday. And then if you will switch gears for me, we look on Wednesday and there's, there's a lot of those students I see on Sunday that don't come on Wednesday that if I, if I brought that stuff in, it would be more awkward maybe and stuff like that, that they never come. And so I specifically um, separate out those Wednesday students um, that come as well and celebrate them in a unique way. And this might sound crazy to you and that's, that's okay. This is something that, uh, for some reason, kids just keep on loving. So we keep on doing it. And so on Wednesday nights, all the students that, um, come on a semi-regular basis, um, or, or more regular on Wednesday nights, we get all their names down and we take a laundry basket. So if you can picture a laundry basket and not necessarily a tiny one, we're talking about a decent sized one. Menards is a great place to go for those like bendy plastic ones that are kind of tall, uh, super cheap. And we fill it with like the survival kit for 
for college um, um, students or graduating, going into the workforce students, students that are venturing off on their own. And so it has a lot of your essentials like toilet paper, all right, hand sanitizer, dish soap. Some of these students don't even know what dish soap is. So that'll be, you know, I'll throw them off a little bit. Um, you know, uh, what do we do? We Kleenex. Um, typically, I'll put a plunger in every single laundry basket. That always gets the most focus and the biggest blast out of all the students. Um, and then we put in a bunch of other goodies alongside all those essentials, right? We, we could go on and on and on about all the toiletries and things like that. Um, but typically, I try to pick two or three gifts that are specific to that group of seniors graduating. One year, I had um, a group of students that were really good friends with one another, and they loved uh, going to the beach. And so I got for each of them like a sandcastle making kit, if you will. And uh, and it was kind of a kiddie thing, but it was the most hilarious thing. They just died laughing. And they actually sent me a picture later of them using it um, after that during the summer. And so that was super funny. Last year, we got them all super soakers um, because that's just kind of the group they were. And that night, they filled them all up and completely soused me and, and all the other youth leaders. So um, usually we pick two or three unique gifts like that. Um, fill it with their favorite drink, right? If they're a Mountain Dew drinker, you, you buy two 12-packs and put that in there as well. And so you can get creative with it. What that does, though, is it tells that senior, hey, you're moving to the next season of life. We want to do our part, not just in word, but indeed as well to try to help you, prepare you, to show you that we love you, care about you, and we are ready to help you take this next step in your life. And so um, those are just a couple ideas that you can do to help celebrate your senior grads. There's a variety of others. And again, during our discussion time, um, I look forward to hearing from John, Julie, and Millie, um, as well as Ryan and Ben. I'm sure you've got some other ideas too that you might do and and offer up. But at this time, we're going to transition because there's some other kids, youth, that are going through some transitions of life that Ben's going to touch on. Absolutely. Um, I want one of those laundry gift baskets, basically. Like, uh, I'd I, I love one. Um, yeah, these rites of passage for high schoolers, I think, I think that's, like, really so very, very important. Um, and even more important as, like, a like a big rock event in the life of a student uh, than what I'm going to be talking about. But still, for for what I'm going to speak about, I think for, for these youth, uh, it's important. And that is going from elementary to middle school, which they call promotion, I guess. Uh, I don't really call it graduation. Maybe you do. But um, the transition from elementary to middle school is uh, is a rite of passage in its own right. And I think it's it's more of a rite of passage actually for students and their parents, right? I think I think getting parents involved in this one is is really really important. So the question is this: How can we help families transition from elementary school to middle school well? And um, a, a few things that we do here is. Um, our incoming sixth graders, because we do sixth, seventh, and eighth, that's our middle school. Middle school starts at sixth grade. We have an incoming sixth grader only event. We also invite our current uh, sixth graders who are going to be in seventh grade to this event. And 
We do something like a scavenger hunt or just a game night, uh, something just for them right before we introduce these new sixth graders into our youth group, right, which begins in the summer. So in late May, we're going to be doing this event where we um, welcome our sixth graders and get them just acclimated. They're already generally pretty excited, right? They're ready to go um, in most cases. Um, and, uh, that's really good. Also, we allow our sixth graders to come in at the beginning of summer. We do hold youth group, uh, uh, during the summertime and, uh, but we will allow some who might need to stay who are saying, I'm, I'm not yet ready to jump into youth group yet so they can stay in children's church on Sunday and, and, uh, uh, just, uh, ease their way into youth group until school starts so it allows that just kind of a blurred line of them to be able to get comfortable um also i think with like uh, uh just honoring uh uh sixth graders or, or uh, uh, young people going into middle school is 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 postcards right send them a post send some snail mail uh, that says hey we invite you to come to youth group we can't wait for you you're you're joining up let's do this right super simple easy handwritten note of invite from you or from another leader right that's 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 awesome that lets them know that you're thinking about them um also just with uh transition from elementary to middle school you've got to get parents on board so having a parent night um in the uh, right before you do that or have a parent meeting just to get parents on board generally they are again like because kids are just ready to go at least that's what i'm seeing in our in our youth group but uh giving parents that information and what to expect is really really um good then there's transition from middle school to high school that's another one it's a promotion you know um uh you think about ways that you can honor these new like high schoolers and one, one thing that that we're doing as a church um is we do adopt a grad which is getting the whole church on board. Um, and uh, for, for high school graduates and college graduates, we have, we'll ask people in the church to, to, to sign up, to, to take a grad. And for the high school grads and college grads, we ask, it, send them a card, give them a card and a small gift, right? And, um, but then for our new sixth graders and new ninth graders, we ask just a card. Right? Just say you're praying for them, right? Uh, um, something simple, but just to acknowledge that something's different, right? Um, and I think that's that's a really, really awesome, awesome thing to do. Um, also, let's see here. Um, finally, like um, um, parties, right? You think about how many times you get get invited to a grad party. This is again now. Now we're up to like high school and, and such. Um, go to these grad parties. Go to as many as you possibly can. You get to leverage these times with students. And if you get invited to a graduation party, go because they will be encouraged. Um, they'll know that you really care for them, and it's simple um, to be there. I know that sometimes can be difficult time wise, but just going to a party have your cake, you know, and just uh, uh, be there with those uh, young people. And lastly, I would say this, like when it comes to anyone coming into your, into middle school and high school, have a summer calendar ready. 
That's really for parents, helps you prep um, and, and lets them know what to expect as well and um, lets them under, uh, uh, prepare themselves for whatever elements you have coming up and what events they can be a part of. And with that, that brings us to summer plans with, with Ryan. So take it away. All right. Yeah, that summer calendar should maybe you should start feeling a little itchy about it if you haven't started to think about uh, what is on your summer calendar um, for this summer because it is it's coming fast. We just had our our little meeting to talk about summer and um, man, it, yeah. If you don't uh, if you don't have a plan, it will come and go quickly. And so we want to take some time to talk about summer and the unique nature of summer and youth ministry. Um, because uh, for various ministry contexts, it can look a lot different, or there can be different approaches taken to it. And so um, as we think about summer, um, one important question is, how are your summer plans advancing your ministry goals? And how are those goals leading into what goals you have specifically for fall? Um, summer can be a strategic time, not just a time off, but a strategic time to build towards what you hope to be uh, moving towards in fall. And so in looking at what summer is, both in content, events, rhythms, um, uh, amount of time with students, um, answer that question as you look at it. How um, is what we have here or our plan here um, moving us towards the ministry goals that we have in general, but also how do they tie into fall? And the second question we're going to flesh out a little bit too is um, how are your summer plans both caring for your leaders as well as you yourself as the leader. And so, um, like I said, there's a lot of different um, ways in which we can approach youth ministry over the summer. I think it's um, really important for you to know your group and know what season you and your group are in in order to decide which approach is best. In our youth ministry, we've taken various um, approaches over the summer and um, we've learned a few different things, but um, it's also been necessary based on the different seasons that we've been in. And so um, one of those approaches is um, amp it up. Summer um, and summer activity is a great opportunity because students are more available than ever. And so uh, maybe your approach would be let's, let's amp it up, capitalize on student availability. Uh, maybe throughout the year you've had um, struggles with students just being overcommitted to sports and you barely see them. And like, maybe this is the one time that they'll be available. And so offering them an opportunity to um, spend time in hangouts, plan outings. Um, maybe you want to continue your weekly meetings, um, maybe even adding an additional weekly opportunity for students to gather. Um, so that'd be one approach. Um, you, you can amp up your activities. Another approach would be um, you can kind of scale back programming and create more um, space for fun activities. So maybe as opposed to filling your summer calendar, with all sorts of events and programming, uh, maybe you've, you scale back a little bit and say, you know what, we want we want um, some more organic time to be focused on just relational building. And so maybe it's not on your calendar, but you have in your mind, these are sort of the activities that I'm going to go to, a lake day, a float time, a hike with a student. And um, because you've scaled back your programming, you've got a little bit more space to spend time um, doing those things in a more relational context. Um, there's also the approach um, that some have done where you actually just discontinue your weekly meetings and you focus on discipleship. Maybe you're in a season where um, you're just wanting to um, spend some time planning for what's coming and you need a concentrated time to be able to do that. And so even rest for yourself may be necessary, depending on what ministry season you've come out of as a leader. And so um, discontinuing that time could be an important 
um, approach that you take over the summer. I've heard it once that um, there is actually a ministry that happens in our absence as leaders. And sometimes we can give that to our students and volunteers, that there's a ministry for us to not always be there in their lives. And now I know that's kind of contrary to what we often say, which is it's important for us to always be there in their lives, but um, not to the point where we're over in their lives or hovering and not allowing them the chance to put into practice the things that we are hoping to lead them through and teach them in all that we're doing. And so um, that'd be another approach is um, scaling back. But summer, I would say in general, offers the opportunity for change. And I, I love that there's this sort of marking of this season um, because in a lot of ways, change can keep things fresh in youth ministry. And so think about whatever it is that you're doing this summer, does it offer an element of change? Um, for instance, one change that we find to be fresh in our youth ministry is we change it up. We don't meet in the youth room or inside the church for that matter all summer long. So we're at parks or we're outside the church, we're at schools or we're, we've changed the location so that the students and we as the leaders are actually looking forward to being back in the youth room where we spend so much time um, by the time fall comes around. And so think about those changes as you integrate them into your summer plans and um, think about them as a way to provide health and freshness to whatever it is that you're doing. Um, another element to summer, in addition to um, just your weekly rhythms are also trips. Um, there are lots of opportunities, whether it's a missions trip, you could be taking something locally. If you're at the point now where you want to do something missionally, but you haven't planned that quite yet, it's never too late to plan a, a local missions trip. Um, I imagine some of you have um, made plans uh, up into this point to do something domestically or internationally. Um, but whatever that is, um, think of this as a strategic time where students don't have school and you can spend a week or 10 days if you're brave enough to go longer than a week on a missions trip with um, your students, teaching them what it means to um, reach other people uh, for Jesus and what it means to, to serve. Um, also, camp is another opportunity. Um, do you have a camp that your students regularly attend? Is there a camp partnership in your neighborhood that you could partner with that maybe you haven't? Uh, for many years, we didn't have a camp partnership, and um, it's been amazing to see over these last few years what a partnership with camp does in terms of giving students access to this place where they can experience um, these amazing moments of growth with God. And uh, it's been so cool to see over the years students come back from camp and just be really on fire for the Lord. And so camp's a, another strategic time uh, to prioritize into um, your ministry calendar over the summer. Maybe there's also, I'm not familiar with um, many, uh, but there's also maybe an opportunity for you or your students to go to conferences or trainings um, for you to take your student leaders on or your leaders. Um, we in the CMA obviously have Life Conference, which happens every three years. And so that's a regular rhythm in the summer um, rotation. But, you know, in what ways is um, a, a trip also offering an opportunity for growth, either in the form of a conference or a specific training? And I would say, in addition to your calendar and your um, and trips, there's also this theme and asking the question, how do we want to even think about, uh, as opposed to having summer just be this haphazard random, is there anything that we want to press into, dive into when it comes to the theme of which we are kind of focusing our students on over the course of the summer? And um, remember, fall launch takes a lot. 
And so um, to have summer just kind of be all over the place um, can sometimes be a disservice to how you enter back in both you as a leader and your students and youth ministry as you get into fall launch. And so think of things that are complementary to the vision God's given you for fall and how you can be slowly, incrementally maybe moving students towards that with whatever you're theming your summer to be in terms of content, conversations that you're talking about, anything that you're doing with them, and to set yourself well for that fall launch so that it's a little bit more seamless and a little bit more natural. And you have some maybe even foundations laid for what you hope to build on come fall. In addition to that, you know, caring for leaders was something else that um, summer also offers. And so um, just asking that question, how am I caring for leaders over the summer? Um, uh, deciding, is this a summer where my leaders, it'd be important because of what they've given this year to have some time off, or maybe because um, this year has been kind of slow. It's important to kind of engage leaders and say, hey, this is the time to ramp up and we're amping up. Um, decide whatever you think is best, but know your leaders and know that summer is also an opportunity to show care for them, specifically in this spring season where um, maybe for many of them, they've been serving with you for the course of the year. And it'd be important to check in and say, hey, thank you. <laughs> um, this is a great time of year to hold a volunteer appreciation dinner and just write them a handwritten note of what their um, service and sacrifice has meant um, to you personally, and maybe even have a student or two sign that and, um, you know, maybe that they connected with add a personal element so that they know they're more than just a warm body at a weekly meeting trying to keep kids alive, but that they are making an impact and that you see that and notice that. Um, throw a gift card in there, um, give them ice cream, take them out for dinner, do whatever makes sense for you in your context, but basically make sure you are showing care to your leaders, especially at the end of the season, um, where it's likely many of them will uh, maybe be tapering back in terms of um, their help with youth ministry. And, um, you know, we, we do this with our uh, youth volunteers in a fun way that um, has been uh, kind of on repeat for us over the years is um, in getting together, we love to be able to share stories. And so we usually tee up our time with like, what's the craziest thing you heard in youth ministry this year? Or what was one of your favorite memories um, in youth ministry this year? It's such a fun way for us to get to recap together and celebrate what God's done um, around the table, whether it's, you know, over dinner or ice cream or whatever. And um, it's just a way yeah, for us to commemorate what what all the Lord has done. And so what in what ways are you caring for your leaders, uh, both the spring and um, summer? And the last and, and really an important part of care too also involves you as the leader. Um, and, and asking the question, do your, how much do your summer plans require of you? And, and where are you at? And I love that Ben started our time with that devotional because often we can look at our ministry calendars and realize this is way too big for me. And, um, and that's a great reminder of just how much in all of it we need Jesus um, to help us and to fill in the gaps. But, but asking that question can be informative, too, to just um, identifying what has your pace been and um, is summer going to just totally burn you out to the point where you get to fall and you just got nothing left to give and now you're needing to ramp up again. And so, you know, be honest with how you look at your summer schedule as it relates to um, what kind of rhythm. Um, it allows, you know, is it, um, does it offer opportunities for you to rest? Does it offer opportunities for you to even just have space to um, be thinking about what's coming in the fall and, and planning? Um, and uh, does it offer you the ability to stay on the offense rather than I'm just trying to keep up with all the things that I'm planning and I, I'm just day to day and I'm just surviving and tomorrow we got to go to the theme park and the next day it's a river day and whatever. So um, are you offering yourself just health? 
space in your life um, to be able to be a good leader and be on offense rather than defense. So um, mark a calendar, put it all out there, map it out, determine how does um, the summer advance our ministry goals? How does it lead us into fall? How does it care for our leaders? And how does it care for you as a leader as well? Thank you for listening to the Third Thursday Podcast. We hope you feel connected, encouraged, and equipped to reach students with the gospel. You can find more resources at rmdcma.com youth. If this content was helpful for you, make sure to share it with a friend. See you next time.